three, two, one. Welcome back to Podcast Noor. The next couple of weeks I mentioned is going to be a little bit different and I'm really excited to share these conversations because they are with not only one guest but two. And they're a little bit different than guided storytelling sessions because they're conversations that we had during the month of Ramadan, which is when Muslims take 30 days to fast and just kind of go on this spiritual hiatus retreat. And this year it was really amazing because of community. And the next couple of episodes are really centered around community. The first one is around the community of self. And the second one is around community engagement and the bigger picture. We talk about culture versus religion and, um, and all of the things. But more importantly, the guests are just absolutely fantastic. So today you will be hearing from Bilqis Abdelqadir and Idris Sandu. And Bilqis is someone who is just such an incredible inspiration. She was a former D1 athlete. She is a hijab-wearing basketball player, speaker, and honestly just shares so much of her heart and her spirituality. Idris Sandu, I know that you must have heard me talk about him because I talk about him all the time. He's the founder of Spatial Labs and the CEO of Halt Labs, which are two things that if you should look into. I'm not going to share too much about it, but I think that if you're into anything around the intersections of tech and activism and storytelling and just thinking so big, and I'm not going to get into it because I really want to talk about his brain and he just has the big, like the biggest heart and just his thoughts are so tremendous and big. And both of these people have had an incredible impact on me as a person and shared so much of how they go about intention setting and reflecting. And they ha- we had this conversation during such a spiritual time. So it got really deep really quick and it was really beautiful. One of my favorite things about this conversation is this is like the first time Idris and Belkis huh, – I didn't realize that her names rhyme. They spoke um, together and there was just such synergy and the way that the conversation made me and the rest of the audience feel was just really held and seen and I really love that. So this is Podcast Noor, just a little bit different um, and here's a conversation from the At Your Service virtual iftar. And if you would like to watch the video version of this conversation and or other segments, including a tea making segment, different cooking segments, you can check them out on YouTube and Facebook because we decided to share both events in their entirety. I'll talk to y'all soon. Enjoy. It is such an honor to have you with us on your birthday. I'm going to do a short introduction of you and Bilthi so we can get started. So for those of you who don't already know, Idris Sandu is an architectural technologist and entrepreneur who is focused on building new realities for the future world. He is the founder of Spatial Labs and the CEO and founder of Halt Labs and has designed and consulted for some of the biggest companies that we all use, Uber, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. He has served as the CEO 
CTO of Nipsey Hustles, the marathon clothing. He's worked with Kanye West as a design and tech consultant and recently partnered with Adidas with their mission to end plastic waste. Today, his mission is centered around creating equity and wealth through the power of technology. Hence, he has a huge devotion to educating the youth with the necessary skills to make a difference in tomorrow's world today. That bio doesn't even do him justice. As a soul, as a human, we have had the honor of knowing Idris for years now and um, just a complete gem. And you'll know that when you hear him speak. Our other speaker is the wonderful, amazing, talented Bilqis Abdul Qadir. She knew from a very young age that basketball was going to be an important part of her life. And after she picked up the ball at age four, she did not stop until she received a full scholarship to play at the University of Memphis. Her goal was to play professionally in Europe, but the International Basketball Federation prohibited headgear that is larger than five inches. So as a Muslim wearing the hijab, Bilqis decided to choose her faith over basketball, becoming an advocate for change. Of course, for so many hijabi women, this is a fight we are familiar with, um, sending du'as and prayers to all of the women in France right now who are fighting a fight that is similar to this. And through op-eds and her advocacy work, Bilqis got FIBA to uplift the ban in 2017. Mm -hmm. She is now the founder of Dribble Down Barriers, which is fire name which is a training program that was created to use basketball as a platform to promote diversity, inclusion, and most importantly, develop athletes both on and off the court. Can you please give a round of applause, snaps, all of the amazing things for our wonderful speakers, Idris and Belkis. Belkis, I have watched your keynotes and I have had the honor of just learning about your story and, and hearing your voice that is so I don't know. You have a you have a great podcast voice. You should start a podcast. I think that you should start a podcast. That is my two cents. Um, but also, your story is just stunning. And what an honor it is to bring you and Adidas together today. Because just in our brief conversation that we had yesterday, Michelle, there was such such synergy. And I want to start out with just asking you both: How is your heart on this last Friday of Ramadan? Belkis, you want to go first? Sure. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Ramadan Mubarak. Um, Noor mm -hmm. and Adam, thank you for having me. Um, mashallah, this is, I'm, it's an honor to be here, honestly. Uh, so thank you for bringing this all together. This is my first time learning about Idris. So it's, it, this is nice. Um, I'm honestly just like, I'm, I'm inside, I'm bubbly, you know, so I'm trying to keep it chill. Um, but anyway, how is my heart right now? Um, so I actually just came back from Senegal, as you know, we talked about, um, and my husband and I went there on a search for just some peace during this Ramadan. And aside from my baby getting sick and all of us getting sick, it was a humbling experience, um, to see so many people just stop what they're doing and pray immediately when they heard the event, people walking around with their dicker beads, constantly dickering, just worshiping a lot every given second made me feel like I'm not doing enough, right? And so it put me in a situation where I was like, what am I doing? I need to do more, you know, and, and purify my intentions and really take advantage of these last days. We always talk about these last 10 days. And um, I'm in a space now where, you know, it's hard being a woman and fasting because sometimes we can't fast. And sometimes we feel like 
because we're not fasting, our spiritual pathway is like broken, you know? Once we hit that time of the month, we're like, what? No. And so sometimes it's, it's tough to kind of um, balance that. But we know that that's a that's a that's a blessing from a lot. And I'm just trying to take advantage um, of more worship. And this is the time to be able to sit and reflect like Idris said for his birthday. Um, he just reflected like, what is life? I'm really that for it. And so I'm, I'm trying to do my best to worship a lot as much as I can um, these last couple of nights. So that's where my heart is, 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 is figuring out how to worship a lot more. Mm. Well, thank you for being here for that. Idris? MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Those were uh, very great um, observations. Uh, I think for me, what's really been on my heart is um, something that we briefly spoke about yesterday, which is um, how could I subtract more um, from mm. life, um, which is something that uh, I, I practice often. Um, uh, not only just within the Western world, but in today's world, we're constantly taught the law of attraction. Um, and we're not really taught um, the, the beauty of the law of subtraction, um, which is the addition of even spiritual growth through subtraction. And in fact, what I've realized is every single time that I've wanted to uh, spiritually connect or uh, get closer to Allah or Islam, it had to come from the subtraction of everything that I felt like I needed to be able to just really just focus on, 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 on uh, you know, the spiritual growth. So I think really that's been what's uh, on, my, on my mind um, recently. I mean, with everything going on in the world, it's like, you know, how can we continue to purify ourselves um, and also um, stay focused? And really that's, that's through the subtraction of everything we thought we needed and really focusing on everything that we, we, we actually need. Um, I've been doing a lot of that. Um, also, really, just uh, especially within Islam, as we're approaching like the last ten days, and you know, Laylatul and Qadr, it's like, how can I um, continue to uh, revisit, you know, uh, Islamic concepts um, in different from a different perspectives, um, which is the beauty of the Quran. Um, you can con continuously open it, continuously look through it, and there's a different translation every single time. Um, just like you can look at the 99 names of Allah and you can have different translations for each one. Um, so I, I think really that's really where my mind has been at. It's like, how can I continue to um, look at everything that exists now and realize all the things that actually matter versus all the things that don't matter, right? Uh, it's like, you know, in this dunya, you can be filled with so many things that are desires that you want versus you know, things that will actually help you in the Ahira and you go, okay, cool, what's actually going to get me there? And the the, the people that are closest to um, that are those that subtract, right? The, the ones that practice the law of subtraction. And Milkis, I think you brought up something really, really amazing when you said you were in Senegal and you would see people at the call of the Adhan, they would all stop. And I realized like that level comes from the law of subtraction, right? That nothing else matters. In this moment, I'm going to subtract from every single thing other than, you know, the pleasure of Allah, right? So um, I think that's, yeah, that's really where I've, I've, I've been at and just my reflections and um, where my heart is. I think for everyone's clarification, would you mind defining what you believe as the law of subtraction, especially in the context of Ramadan? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the Prophet وسلم, um, often told us that, you know, um, the, 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 you know, those that are closest to Allah and those that um, attain Allah's pleasure the most, um, there's so many different ways, right? Those that um, 
you know, are, are steadfast in prayers, right? That drop everything at the call of the Azan, right? So that in itself is uh, teaching us the law of, um, of, of, a of, of subtraction, right? Um, that when the, when the Azan is called and when it's time for prayers, you're constantly subtracting from all the worldly de desires and attracting all the desires that will actually bring you closer to Allah. Um, zakat, right? Um, the subtraction of all the things or the excess of what you have in order to not only balance, but to also humble you, right? Um, which is something that I was actually um, talking to um, uh, uh, a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about, um, you know, the concept of interest and why interest is, is um, um, you know, is, uh, it's even described as waging war with Allah. And when I was younger, I was like, where, you know, what, what is, where does this come from? Why, why is it waging war with Allah, right? Why is it used with those specific, um, uh, with that specific phrase? And I realized because the concept of interest is the law of attraction, which convinces you that you're destined to be here without Allah's approval, right? So it kind of puts a level of ego to, for us to be like, oh, I can go take this because I'll be here for two years to pay it off, right? Oh. And that's an observation that I even made. And so I was just realizing all these different concepts um, mm -hmm. that although we mean well, um, the laws of attraction that have been set up for us in terms of, you know, um, for example, keep praying for this, keep praying for this, keep praying for this, um, were really ultimately had the ability to take us away from Allah. So I started going, well, instead of me meditating and praying for Allah to give me things or bring things, um, how about I start praying more for all the things that I have, and more importantly, for Allah to take me away from all the things that take me away from him, right? And by that law of subtraction, you end up within the purest state of realizing like, all of this stuff really, really, really doesn't matter if it doesn't seek to uh, aim the pleasure of Allah. Um, and so for the law, of, uh, so, so for me, like, you know, when I look at the law of attraction, it's very great and it's, it's, a, it's a concept that has worked in the past. Um, but in the age of excess, um, it prevents you from having access, right? It creates mm -hmm. more excess than access. Um, and I think anytime, um, especially, you know, being Muslim, alhamdulillah, when we think of excess, um, that often puts you in the perspective to be as far away from Allah as possible, right? Versus creating access and, 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 and limiting you um, brings you actually closer to Allah because you're less connected to the desires of the world and more connected to the pleasure of Allah. So that's really where, where, where you know, where uh, the term comes from, the, you know, the law of subtraction uh, versus the law of attraction. I mean, the Prophet, you know, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he didn't have a lot of, th uh, a lot of items in his possession. That in itself is subtraction. You know, when Jibril came to him and was like, you know, you can either, when he started getting sick, he was like, you know, you can either, uh, Allah will grant you long life and you can, you know, you can rule and you can have, you know, kingdoms far as any, any king has ever seen. You know, he uh, said, no, I don't want that, right? I want to subtract from all these worldly desires and I would rather walk with Allah than, than, than be within here uh, with sort of these uh, desires. So yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. <laughs> Thank you, Idris. Philippe, I know you relate to this feeling a lot and you've been reflecting a lot on simplicity. How do you balance that simplicity with getting the things done that you're getting done, especially, you know, fighting the fights that you have fought? Bismillah. Um, man, Idris has put me in a, in a spot. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, no, like, I'm, I'm feeling, no, I'm feeling, I needed this. I needed my heart mm, to be softened just a little mashallah. bit. So, um, really, when I think about simplicity, um, it brings me back to me having to make the decision between my passion 
and Islam, you know, who mm-hmm. I am as a person, my belief. And it was interesting because, you know, growing up, like I was, I was born Muslim. My parents converted to Islam. Uh, my husband converted to Islam. And um, when you're born into Islam, and I'm pretty sure if I asked on this Zoom, who converted to Islam, we might have one hand go up, right? We're all born into it. We were all blessed with this, this faith, this way of life. But when you convert to Islam, you actually get to choose this way of life, right? You get to fall in love with it. And I say this because when we're born into it, we didn't get to choose it, right? We didn't get to fall in love. And what I realized was when I was tested with what I loved the most, which was basketball, which had brought me from nothing to something. I was raised, I'm the youngest of eight. I have four sisters and three brothers. My parents at the age of 12 told me, you have to get a scholarship to college because we can't afford it. So I made basketball it. Like that was my lifeline, you know, and, and, I, and I worked hard. I became one of the best players in, in my city, alhamdulillah. I made this name for myself. I was known as the Muslim girl who played basketball and it was nice. I got this little ounce of fame, right? And then when I got to the point in life where it was, I get to play pro, like this is my dream. And then the law was like, no, you know, he took it away. And I began to question everything. I began to question hijab. That was the first thing I was like, I'm taking it off and going to play. Like, are you serious? You know? And then it was just me getting tagged on social media and Facebook at the time and emails of young Muslim girls saying, I want to be like you, you know, they're dressed like me in their tights with their basketball shorts and their hijabs on. And I'm like, that's who I'm doing this for. And so when I was tested with my faith, I had to choose Islam. And I feel like we, you know, when we're, when we're born as Muslims, we, we don't get to, we, we're, we're going to at some point get tested, you know, and I pray that most of us don't have to get that test because it was hard, man. Like I was at a crossroad and I was so torn. I was so torn. But the thing that saved me was prayer. And I say the most simplest part of our faith is Salah. Stop everything what you're doing and just thank Allah and ask Allah and whatever we, you know, for whatever we need. And for me, the most simplest part of, of our faith is what saved me from this world. Because at the time when I couldn't play, I was starting to hang, I started to hang around the wrong people doing things that I would never do. You know, I'm in grad school, kind of just coasting through. And Allah brought me back to him through the struggle. And so when I think about how simple it was for me to drop down and put my head to the floor and ask Allah to guide me, the first time in my life that I ever went into prayer needing him, because everything else came so easy. I was almost born with this natural talent to play. How have you both been able to navigate in maintaining a sense of community during this time where we are so separated both physically Mm. and even just community wise yeah um i think you know it's it's the beauty of um uh i i think the the era that we live in in the 21st century we have a the highest level of information ever given to us right um at this point um the due to the rapid um sort of technological advances that happen 
um, it's a choice now if you don't actually want to engage in, in, in conversations like this and communities like this because of, of technology, right? Um, it's, I mean, it's everywhere around you, no matter where you're actually even growing up. Um, and that's something I, I feel like I, even as a kid, um, you know, despite kind of being birth, born during sort of the, the internet convergence, um, I didn't really have that growing up. Um, so I think, yeah, I've really, I've really, um, you know, been not only uh, immersed in platforms like like Zoom and stuff, but I've also been thinking about like, all right, cool, like, you know, where's like the Muslim clubhouse, right? Where's like the Muslim like house party, right? What's where's where's um, that community um, to be able to 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 really build and and create on on platforms um, like this? So for me, it's really been a. Uh, I mean, I'm always constantly like you know, watching like Umar Suleiman videos, you know, like on YouTube and mashallah last year, we did, uh, watched the whole Ramadan series. Mm -hmm. um, so really it's like, the, you know, there's, despite so much information being given to us now, we ultimately have a choice now to be able to filter what that information is, right? You can turn on YouTube and your whole curation, like if you like, if I open my YouTube, it's all Islam, 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 Islam videos, right? And you're now given that those power, uh, you're given that power as, um, as, a, as a user, right, on these platforms. You can actually even mute words. You can build your own social media platform within a platform. You can mute words, you can mute accounts, you can curate it how you want, right? So it's almost like you now can live in a world, um, and you can inst institute, you can now live in a world where we can actually curate the information that we wanna be exposed to. So that's helped me, especially during Ramadan, where I'm, I'm very, and we've talked about this, I'm very energy sensitive. Um, during Ramadan, the slightest energy shift can really bother me, right? Because I, I, I am very heart driven. So to prevent that um, or to curate that, you know, I, I choose to use the power of tools that have been available on platforms like Instagram or Twitter or YouTube to actually curate the content that I want to be around. Because, you know, the reality is we all have to be connected, right? Um, especially in today's, in today's world. But being connected shouldn't have to be the, at the expense of not being able to filter what you want to be exposed to. So being able to use those tools is, has really um, assisted me. And I would actually even like to share that with everyone, like on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, actually block specific content or even words, right? That you might not want to be exposed to um, and really assist you in subtraction, 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 subtract this word, subtract this word, subtract this word. Um, and I think it's a, actually a, even a, a beautiful thing in, in, um, in during Ramadan, uh, like I was uh, talking uh, the uh, the other day with a friend, um, and I was like, "Yo, like, let's think of, let's start a new um, subtraction Ramadan challenge. Like, how many things can you subtract this Ramadan, right? And that could be words, that could be habits, that can be so many things. But Ramadan itself emphasizes that we it's the month of subtraction. It's the month from overindulgence. It's the it's the month from you know overeating. Um, it's the greed. All of these things are meant to be, uh, you know, removed um, from from our body. So. Uh, for me, that's really what's helped, knowing that um, during this month of Ramadan, we've been given so many tools to assist us in curating only the highest frequency that connects us to Allah. Wow, so we got a lot of homework, Idris. Thank you. Oh, no. Thank you for that reminder, because you're right. I think that regardless of what it is that you choose to subtract, there are so, we are so overexposed right now, especially on the internet and social media, that sometimes I find myself just like, People say doom scrolling. I try to avoid doom scrolling, but even just like mindless scrolling to me is like the big 
thing that I'm trying to uh, be aware of, whether that means deleting the apps off my phone for a few weeks and getting out of that habit. Mm -hmm. And we are so um, adaptable. You can break those habits that you feel like are not serving you anymore. Bill Thies, what is something that you have really, a habit that you have really developed that has kept you um, centered in, in the work that you're doing with your training program? Oh, sweat's keeping me centered. Um, I think it just goes back to my why. Mm. And um, my why changes. And it's interesting because, and, and I say my why changes because my intentions are constantly evolving. being renewed, being renewed yep. and evolving, right? And so when it comes to our sports program, I run it with my husband. Um, Initially, our goal was to start it just to bring kids together, mm. whether, you, whether you could play, whether you couldn't play, whether you're black, you're white, you're Muslim, you're Christian, you're Jewish, whatever it was, we wanted to just bring kids together. And then we realized that we needed to create a safe space, not just for kids, but for girls, right? For our, and whether they're Muslim, whatever, whatever, back, but for girls. And I know, you know, I'm going to be sensitive on this, but growing up the boys always had the late night three on three tournaments during Ramadan, playing if it's basketball, soccer, whatever. We didn't have that. You know, it was always us kind of watching on the sideline or in the Mosella or, you know, just arts and crafts. So it was just like, what do the girls have to do? You know? And so I wanted to make sure that I created a space for girls specifically. Um, but then once that grew, it was like all the kids wanted to, to join in. And so I think what keeps me balanced is, is my why. And, you know, sometimes you get caught up in, wow, thank you for creating this space or thank you for doing this or thank you. And it puts you at a place like, yeah, I'm doing it. This is me. And then something brings you back down. You're like, <laughs> who am kidding. I at this point? Right? No, this is a law, you know? And I have to remind myself, like, I'm not, this isn't, this doesn't come from me. Anything good comes from a lot, anything bad comes from myself you know and I constantly have to say that and there's this dua that my close friend um taught me and it's basically saying that like remember that these people don't know your sins and what you're doing behind mm -hmm. closed doors it's one of my favorite things one, yes. of, one of my favorite dads to make thank you so we have one question from henna if you want to turn your mic on or turn your camera on and ask that question and then we will pivot to our breakout rooms Hi, Assalamu alaikum for everyone. Uh, first of all, thanks a lot to Noor, to Adam, to, for you guys, Idris and Bilkis. Thank you so much for this space. And you were saying about sin. That was, my question was about sin. I think we, well, I, I, I'm the president of the mosque for the girls in the mosque. And I try to make that groups that Bilkis was saying. And it's really hard. So you work a lot to get, those spaces and then you seen or you do something that it's wrong and brings you down and you are like I'm so fake between God's eyes he's supposed to look at me and say come on I don't know it makes me feel so guilty to sin and be being in the mosque and for so many girls watch it watch at you and say wow mashallah you're doing such a great job yeah well I seen I still make so many things wrong and that brings you down what's the only thing keeps you up and doesn't bring you down in those moments 
So are you asking what keeps you up when, I'm sorry, I, I didn't really understand the, the full question. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't make it clear, I'm so sorry. It's okay, um, it's okay. Uh, when you feel yourself uh, down in whatever, whether you're not feeling well or whatever, or you're Iman, it's even low. Um, okay. What brings you up to keep doing what you're doing and being able to fight for the next generation? Oh, that I get that now. Um, I think it's making sure that you know what you're doing isn't for yourself and it's for everybody else. And one thing I learned that I had to do was anything that was negative and didn't apply to what good I was trying to do, I, I filtered it out. Because a lot of times you're gonna get that pushback. I know when I played basketball, a lot of times people would say, oh, you're a woman, you shouldn't jump up and down. You're showing your body or you, and I'm like, you don't know that this, that this game had actually brought me to a higher education because without it, my parents couldn't afford it. You don't know that this game actually brought me closer to a law, you know? So it's important that you keep your goals aligned and you make sure that you don't allow these outside voices, you know, disrupt what you, what you have planned for the girls in your community. So keep doing what you're doing and creating those spaces because we as young women need it and our girls need it. I will also say, have so much grace with yourself. Have so much grace with yourself because we, I think that a lot of times we obsess over the things that we might be doing wrong. But if you believe Allah is the most merciful and Allah is what you want him to be. So if you want a merciful, loving, patient, providing God, then that's how Allah shows up for you. But if you think about God in a way that is punishing and, and nitpicking and whatever, then that's how you're going to perceive the, that's how you're going to receive it because of your perception. And so think of the abundance, think of the grace, think of the, the lovingness and, and, and knowing that if your intention mm -hmm. is you're always trying your best and you're not hurting people, then you're good. Like then like that's all that matters. And, and when you give yourself a hard time like that, it, it prevents you from doing the work that you want to be doing. And you think about what other people are going to say or thinking it's going to prevent you from doing that work and steering your intention away. So I hope that, you know, Bilhi's like her words really reminded you of, of why you're doing what you're doing. And inshallah, you have yeah. a little more grace for yourself. Mashallah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Idris, how can we support you, Bilhi's? How can we support you in your work? Oh, definitely through, through, um, through prayers, you know, always, which, you know, um, I think about this hadith uh, that I actually um, um, been studying for years. Um, and it talks about how, you know, like, you know, if a whole community were to gather to, um, to harm you, for example, um, nothing could happen except by the will of Allah. And if, you know, um, the, uh, you know, everyone was to, you know, uh, make a dua to, to assist you, it would only not be approved uh, except by the will of Allah. So I think duas are, are very, very, very powerful. And, um, you know, not to kind of go back, but as um, case was actually answering that, that previous question, I thought about something that even helped me through my career, um, which was, you know, understanding that um, uh, what istikhara is, right, and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And it's really helped me because I remember when I was younger, I learned about this hadith in which um, 
it was asked, well, if Allah wanted to, us to just be perfect, why didn't he just make us like the angels, right? Why can we just make, why can we just be made in such a way that we don't sin? And it went on to summarize that Allah already has the angels, right? And they were perfect. They obey by mm. Allah. Uh, they cannot disobey Allah. They are literally designed to only obey Allah. They cannot question. They cannot renounce. They can only obey Allah. So he created us after he created the, the angels, which lets us know that Allah wanted us to sin. Our, it's, we're supposed to be human, right? But in that, he also wanted us to ask for forgiveness and do istikhara. So the beauty of that is even if we were perfect, Allah would create another another uh, creation that could sin just so they could ask for forgiveness. So that's something that I've thought about as I was navigating, you know, so many different industries. It's like, oh, well, like, you know, what you had said, like, it's very important for us to really, Allah is ultimately going to be as merciful as, as, as you think he is, right? It's like only one hundredth of his mercy has been left on this dunya, right? So 99, he's saving that for, you know, the day of decree. But that's something that's also helped me to understanding that, you know, we're, we're, Allah literally created us so that we can sin and ask for forgiveness. You know, it's not like to purposely, you know, sin, but to, the ability to make mistakes provided that we, you know, we would be, um, we would be forgiven. So I just kind of wanted to say that because I thought it was very important to mm -hmm. not focus on perfection, but realize that which you are, um, you were not angels, uh, we're, um, we're flawed, right? Um, we're, our flaw is in perfection, our perfection is in the flaws in itself, but it's staccato is very important now. But yeah, in terms of support, um, du'as are really what I really ask for all the time because they're so powerful, they're on the highest frequency and vibration. Um, you know, doing qiyam al-layl or waking up and, um, you know, even doing, doing prayers at the middle of the night. Um, you know, all mean, all mean so much to me. So I think that would be my number one way of, you know, support. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, for me, the same thing, send up some prayers. Uh, and, and of course, I'll do the same for everybody on this platform, inshallah. But aside from that, look out for different programs that I, you know, kind of post and share on my Instagram. Uh, my bro my sports program is called dribbling down barriers i just finished um i think it was an eight-week training program for any skill level girls and boys on a zoom platform and subhanallah it was amazing to see i had mothers and daughter duos learning how to dribble and just how to play so yeah follow me on instagram and just look out for the programs that i post and inshallah that'll be good enough for me and please join if you're a woman and you have daughters and, and nieces and and whoever um, because we need that space. So inshallah, I can create that for you guys. Love you both so much. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your hearts. And uh, everyone, make sure you go and support Idris and Vilkis and thank them for their time. Inshallah. Let's make sure that we show them the appreciation we all show each other. And thank you so much. Time for the breakout room. Thank you. And as always, at your service.